Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. New Japan Pro Wrestling star taken off Road to Castle Attack card. Bailey's engagement is called off, and I take you through my predictions for tonight's Elimination Chamber pay per view. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DTT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, the lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DTT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDTT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. No shows. Uh, last night, so let's get right into our news. Tetsuya Naito to miss Road to Castle Attack event. New Japan Pro Wrestling announced on their website that Naito will not be able to compete in a tag team match involving himself and Sanada versus Kota Ibushi and Tomokai Honma. That match will turn into a singles match with Sanada and Tomokai Honma facing off one-on-one. Uh, Naito has not been cleared to compete since injuring his knee on February 16th. Naito is still currently uh, scheduled to face Kota Ibushi for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship on the Castle Attack event on Sunday, February 28th. This wasn't the only announcement of an injury taking a star off the card for Road to Castle Attack. New Japan Pro Wrestling revealed that Hiromu Takahashi was taken off the February 20th Road to Castle Attack event due to a left shoulder injury. Bailey and Aaron Solo call off their engagement as announced by AEW wrestler Aaron Solo on Twitter and former engagee. Bailey and himself have called off their engagement and relationship. The tweet read, This has been an extremely difficult decision to make. Pam and I have come to the realization that we have a completely different idea of what we want our future to look like. Because of this, we feel that it would be in our best interest to call off our engagement and end our relationship. We have a lot of great memories together that we'll cherish forever. We've agreed to remain friends and will continue to support each other in our careers and lives. We ask that you please respect our privacy on this matter looking forward to tonight and the elimination chamber i'm going to give you my predictions for all the matches on the card i believe there's a total of five matches on the card and uh, we're going to start off first in uh, this segment talking about the non-elimination chamber matches uh, the ones that aren't physically in the chamber itself. And then when we move on to the next segment, we're going to talk about the chamber matches itself, the one that the pay-per-view is named after. So starting off, Bobby Lashley, Keith Lee, and Riddle in a triple threat match for the United States Championship. Bobby Lashley is the champion coming into this one. Uh, Matt Riddle, well, Riddle, we can't really call him Matt Riddle anymore. They, they took his first name away, of course. I can't wait till Keith Lee is just Lee. <laughs> At one point, that would be hilarious. But... Uh, Riddle has been getting dominated underneath the thumb of Bobby Lashley for weeks and weeks now. And uh, Keith Lee has been on and off TV. We don't really see uh, Keith Lee on TV a lot. And the last time we did, Bobby Lashley was the dominant force. Uh, not going up against Keith Lee, but uh, roughing him up on the outside after a match. And this is a really tough one, but it really shouldn't be because of everything I mentioned. Uh, the, see, Not seeing Riddle or Keith Lee on TV sort of gives you that hint of... 
that they're really trying to push Bobby Lashley here. So I'm going to go with Bobby Lashley as the winner. And Lashley, even though he's held this belt for a really long time, and obviously I love both Riddle and uh, Keith Lee, I think they do a fantastic job and just haven't gotten the benefit of, of the main roster. And not a lot of people do get the benefit of the main roster when they're called up for NXT. And they really haven't gotten that yet. But one person that has is Damian Priest. So I wouldn't be surprised if Damian Priest takes the belt off of Bobby Lashley at some point. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be at Mania. That might be too soon for Damian Priest. Might be a little bit after that. But I'm just spitballing here. And Damian Priest can go the same exact route as Riddle and Lee have. Even though Keith Lee has had a WWE Championship match on Raw. Uh, Riddle has had opportunities at the United States Championship against Bobby Lashley. So... And also having this match as a triple threat match, it could make it away so Riddle pins Lee or Lee pins Riddle or makes one or the other tap out so Bobby Lashley isn't involved in the finish and doesn't make him look bad. But as I see it, there's no real reason to take the belts off of Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business. One thing I expect first would be the Raw Tag Team Championships being taken off of the Hurt Business first and then the United States Championship. But I have Bobby Lashley winning this one. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are the champions coming into this one and going against everything I believe, everything I've been preaching for the past week saying that the real tag team should win in this match. I'm going to go with Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair to win the match. I'm going to go with them to win the match, but... And this is a big butt here, uh, no pun intended. Jax and Baszler will leave with the belts, given a disqualification finish. I think Jax and Baszler will face off against Kai and Gonzalez in two weeks for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, and Kai and Gonzalez will walk out as champions in two weeks' time. But uh, I don't think they're going to give a loss to Sasha Banks, the SmackDown Women's Champion, and I don't think they're going to give a loss to Bianca Belair, who just came off the Royal Rumble and is the hottest thing in the WWE at the moment. I don't think they're going to give a loss to them. I think it's going to be a DQ finish, giving Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair the victory, and Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler with the championship advantage. Cannot develop, can't switch hands because of the disqualification countout whatsoever. They will hold on to the belts uh, for the next two weeks, and then hopefully, in my opinion, drop it down to NXT, where I feel like that would make the most sense. I really do. Uh, if you have been listening, if you've not been listening, what I've been preaching about uh, for the tag team division, well, my number one rule when it comes to tag teams is that a, a established tag team should never lose to two singles competitors because that really devalues your tag team division. So imagine here, if Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair walk out as tag team champions what does that mean for the tag team division? That any two people can come together and win the uh, women's tag team championships? Granted that, that Banks and Belair are the top two women in the women's division at the moment. I, I understand that. And, you know, putting them together on papers kind of makes sense. But uh, Jax and Baszler are not only an established team, but as well they are the champions. So you could understand my dismay when Daniel Bryan Cesaro pin and uh, beat clean, I think it was a submission move that Cesaro put on Ziggler, clean to beat uh, 
Rude and Ziggler in the qualification match. There's no reason why Rude and Ziggler should be in that match in general to qualify for the Elimination Chamber. And along with that, there's no reason for them to lose as well, given that they are the champions at the time. I'm talking about the men's here. But if you look at the women's, uh, once again, there's not a lot of tag teams in the women's division that you can really hang your hat on and say, oh, they're they're really getting pushed well. Um, The Riot Squad isn't. We all know that. Uh, Lana and... Uh, who's Lana, even Naomi, they're not getting pushed well either. Uh, we got to find a way to fix this women's tag team division and putting the belts on Banks and Belair, I don't think fixes it. I think moving it down to NXT does. In my opinion, I think that is the best way to go. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then coming up next, we're going to talk about the Elimination Chamber matches themselves. We're going to talk about the matches that are inside the chamber, and we're also going to do... Uh, I had a fun time looking on the On This Day in Pro Wrestling, so stay tuned for that one. Stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on February 21st, 2005, Batista officially made his decision on the title match of choice for WrestleMania 21. Batista gave his thumbs-down signal to the SmackDown contract, choosing to stay on Raw and challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship, which was held by Triple H, thus leaving Evolution and soon after winning the World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania 21. But that thumbs-down that we see pretty often every time Batista is brought up uh, was on this day. Moving a little bit forward, on February 21st, 2010, The Undertaker suffered first and second degree burns when a fireball pyrotechnic went off on his coat and honestly underneath the coat as well. During his entrance, Undertaker would go on and compete in the match while his skin was being boiled. Uh, I remember this as a kid and wonder why is he walking so fast down to the ring? This was at the first ever Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, no longer called... Uh, by No Way Out, except in Germany, where it would continue to be called No Way Out and then into No Escape, uh, because Elimination Chamber doesn't go over pretty well in Germany, if you would imagine. But uh, I remember very vividly as a kid, and I had to be, was 2010, I was nine years old at the time, I had to be, why is Undertaker walking so fast? Why is he making his way down to the ring like a speedster there for no reason? At the time, I did, we didn't see, they didn't show a shot of the Undertaker actually getting hit with the flames. We just saw him sprint down the ramp. And then on the next day, even saw it on the local news, a video footage of the Undertaker being lit up from underneath. And then... Um, in more recent times, he went on the Broken Skull Sessions, Stone Cold Steve Austin on the WWE Network, that whole thing that they did uh, with Undertaker. They, I believe they did two shows with Undertaker, and he could honestly do three. You know, Undertaker has so many stories, and he talked about it. And what I remember him saying was from that podcast that he told the pyrotechnics director that he felt that the fireballs were getting a little bit too close. They're getting a little too close. And the pyrotechnics director was like, oh, it's just a draft. It's just a wind. There's no way that it can hurt you. No way it can hurt you. And then on that same night, he walked down the ramp and then he got lit up. The video, uh, there's some better quality ones, some bad quality ones, but the ones that really show it, the fireball was directly underneath him. And then another one came up right uh, uh, right up again once he moved away from the first fireball. So it, it, it's not a good look for the pyrotechnics guy. I believe he had to be fired right away for that, especially if you're physically lighting up the Undertaker like that. Uh, not not a good sight. Not not a good sight for the Undertaker. A year later, uh, a wild episode of Monday Night Raw on February twenty first, two thousand eleven. Couple points from this one. Cena, uh, John Cena brought back his thugonomics gimmick 
to cut a diss track on The Rock. Uh, the Miz and John Cena won the WWE Tag Team Championships from the core, just to lose them five minutes later back to the core uh, when a, a rematch clause was brought into effect. And The Undertaker and Triple H both returned uh, and both looking up at the WrestleMania sign for another match at WrestleMania. Uh, there were some talks that The Undertaker was supposed to face Sting at this WrestleMania. Uh, that was WrestleMania 27 or 28. I think that would be... 27 and uh yes that was 27 because 26 was 2010 and uh cena uh, bringing back that thugonomics uh gimmick you know i thought that was pretty cute as well you know you gotta do what you gotta do (laughs) Uh, i remember john cena saying that he didn't actually appreciate having to bring back the gimmick because uh bringing back that gimmick it, it didn't feel like it was him anymore it felt like that was old john cena so that, that's the tea behind that. Talking about the tea leaves, that's the tea. Moving on to uh, part two of my Elimination Chamber uh, pay-per-view predictions. We're going to go right into the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match. This match contains the champion Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, and Kofi Kingston. And for me, it's between three people. I will give you one definitive answer, and it's also going to be between three people for the SmackDown one as well, but I will give you one definitive answer. And it's between McIntyre, Sheamus, and Randy Orton. So one of those three, I believe, will come out on top uh, with the WWE Championship. Jeff Hardy, I don't think they've strapped the belt on Jeff Hardy at this point. AJ Styles had his shot at TLC. And Kofi Kingston, I think he had his moment in the sun, I'll be very surprised if they put the belt back on him. But I do expect him to be the high-flying portion of this match, along uh, with Jeff Hardy. It's going to be fantastic. And the, with the way that this match is shaped out, you have the heavy hitter in Sheamus. you got the all-around guy in Styles, Hardy and Kingston, all the high-flyers, Drew McIntyre, Orton, the top of the class of the current in WWE stance. So uh, it's going to be a great Elimination Chamber match. It's just the way that they built it up. It was just thrown at us right away. It would have been nice to see some... Uh, qualification matches but uh, they did put together a good match it's not like they put together a bad match they put together a good one Uh, I think that the final two will be McIntyre and Sheamus that will be my final two so they can have their quote unquote one on one match that they were supposed to have at the elimination chamber Uh, McIntyre and Sheamus having that quote unquote singles match at the end of the the, their chamber uh, I think we'll. I, won't, I don't think it ties the bow completely. I think they'll probably have a match on Raw down the line for the belt. Uh, but I think we need to see at least them two go one on one inside the chamber, so they have a, a slight blow off. And I think Drew McIntyre will come out as the champion at the end of the chamber match. Uh, if not Drew, then Orton, and then that Orton victory. I don't think Sheamus comes out at all, but it's in, it's between Drew and Orton. And if Orton comes out. Uh, it's going to be Edge Orton at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship to Edge to try to win back the belt that he never lost. That will be the narrative going into WrestleMania. Currently, from what the, the, the dirt sheets say, and you know I hate uh, trying to venture into this avenue because I can honestly care less. I, I, I like to enjoy. I like to be surprised. I, sp- I, I despise the fact when spoilers are online because I don't want to know. I, w- I want to watch it as if I'm, I'm a little kid again, in my opinion. I want to be able to watch professional wrestling and, and enjoy it from that sense. Uh, but uh, from what a lot of the dirt sheets are saying is that there's no current plan for 
the WWE Championship at the moment. So I think keeping it on Drew McIntyre is a safe choice because you can pin him against anybody at WrestleMania and it's going to be a silent match. And uh, if you do Edge Orton for the WWE Championship, a little risque given the fact that uh, we already saw these two have a match at uh, WrestleMania last year and now to do it again but this time with the belt on it. Uh, I feel like they can work around that and they can build a story out of that, especially the story of Edge winning back the belt that he never lost. So uh, it can go either way, but I'm going to give Drew McIntyre here uh, the victory. Moving towards the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, and King Corbin all fight for number one contendership for the Universal Championship held by Roman Reigns. But the catch is, is that the winner of this match will have to face Roman Reigns immediately after the chamber match. No word when the order of this card is. Uh, they could do it in a way where the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match is at the start of the show and then the match with Roman Reigns is at the end of the show. Or, I think the more fun way of doing it and the more dastardly way for Roman Reigns to uh, prevail out on top as the champion is to have the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match be the pre-main event and then Roman Reigns immediately after face the SmackDown Elim Elimination Chamber winner right after, as soon as the cell lifts from the uh, the ringside area, as soon as the cell is finally hoisted up, uh, that would be the best situation for me. Or even Roman Reigns just running directly into the chamber with the chamber still even on the ground. I think that would be cool as well to have that. Uh, but it's between uh, three people for me uh, that will come out of the chamber as the number one contender. It's between Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, and Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn is running on a different path right now. Jey Uso already had his time in the sun, and King Corbin's King Corbin. I really doubt that they have King Corbin, Roman Reigns at at the end of this paper. That would be a complete shocker. With a plus plus five thousand, I'll put them put the odds on that one. And in the back of my mind, I do want it to be Kevin Owens a little bit. I I do genuinely in the back of my mind, but. I think this is a moment where WWE is going to pretend to give us what we want and give Cesaro a championship match that is on the caliber of Roman Reigns. And so I think Cesaro is going to come out victorious out of the chamber. I really, really do. And I think we're going to see Roman Reigns, Cesaro for the Universal Championship at the end of Elimination Chamber. But now, going into our next match, Roman Reigns... Uh, versus Cesaro, which in my opinion is what it will be. And honestly, if we just say this in a blank statement, Roman Reigns versus the field, Roman Reigns versus anybody that comes out of that chamber, I think Roman Reigns hands down, it doesn't matter who comes out that chamber. doesn't matter. Roman, it, it, Talking as if there's no changes immediately to that match. Given the competitors that are in that match right now, I think Roman Reigns holds on to that belt and I'll be absolutely shocked, shocked, if Roman Reigns has that belt taken off him from anyone that's on this current roster, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, on this current roster as it stands right now on full-timers that you average, you see on TV, that you see very often. I'll be completely shocked if any of those people take the belt off him. The only three right now that could take the belt off him, in my opinion, is John Cena, one day, Brock Lesnar, and The Rock. Those are the three people that I could legitimately look at and say, yeah, they, they, they couldn't beat Roman Reigns right now. John Cena, John Cena's John Cena. Coming back, Brock Lesnar's Brock Lesnar. And then the best story would be The Rock. Fight for the head of the table. 
Roaring Grains might be the head of the table, but The Rock is for the people's table. How about that? <laughs> Let me write one time. Let me write one time. But no, uh, I, I, I would... I would be completely shocked if Roman Reigns didn't stand tall at the end of this pay-per-view. And uh, if they do give us that shock value, I, I, I would be, yes, I would be very surprised, but I would also be disappointed because I want to see Roman Reigns hold on to this title for a very long time. A very, very long time. There's no reason why this belt should be taken off him anytime soon. Even at Mania when he goes against Edge or whoever. Uh, I've said it. There's no one on this current roster, including Edge, that if they face off against Roman Reigns, I believe... The belt will be taken off of him. I'll be extremely shocked. Extremely shocked. But next episode, we're going to be talking about uh, tonight's Elimination Chamber and how everything went down, along with our news and the On This Day in Pro Wrestling. I love doing that. It gives me a good look back into history uh, one day at a time. One day at a time. But I'm extremely excited for this Elimination Chamber. The go-home show for SmackDown was very, very good. Uh, Raw, a little lackluster, but still, this Elimination Chamber match for Raw is very nice. I wonder what they're going to do with Bobby Lashley, because even though I give Bobby Lashley the the opportunity to win, I, I'm saying that he's going to win it, I predict it, uh, it's still a triple threat match, and you know triple threat matches can go either way, especially if they want to protect Bobby and put the belt on Riddle or put the belt on Keith Lee by not having Bobby Lashley be pinned, that can work out very well uh, as well. But it would be a little odd, given that they haven't built Riddle or Lee to be legitimate champions at this time, given they, just, they get squashed underneath the thumb of Bobby Lashley. And uh, the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match, keep these belts on Nia Jackson, Sainer Baszler, uh, have a DQ finish. I know DQ finishes are not what people want to see on a pay-per-view, but it's working towards a better narrative as these uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Championships should find their way to NXT, I think they'll find a way to better use them. I think I, I truly do, especially after that really successful Women's Dusty Cup. That was uh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So that's all for me. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at TV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.